0: Two out is proud to be a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network.
1: As I sat in the audience and watched all the people walk up here, every one of them limped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your children grow up to be football players.
2: <laughs>
0: Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. <laughs> I'm actually part Canadian. No dude to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Cura. Man, if they go with Seri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in saskatchewan we'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense uh, what do you call it you're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like you're <laughs> you like in- interested in the thing but you just the need interview. the money yeah yeah, yeah the, the inner blue can't forget the nonsense i thought you should know i ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk jim barker ready set welcome to episode 67 of the two and out CFL podcast I'd love to tell you Fraser and Kura but uh, not today I guess he's got a uh, throat infection that's what he tells me so Empire Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast joins me how you doing Andrew hey
2: Hey, Travis, I'm doing really well. And I mean, this is probably a good thing anyway. I mean, it's preseason. You want to test your backups early, yeah, and uh, then you can actually make a decision as the coach which one gets cut. I understand. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is the part where I was going to
0: tell you how big of a giant piece of unreliable Ah! monkey John Fraser is, (laughs) but... (laughs) We got some sad news earlier today in the Canadian Football League. We lost Don Matthews at the age of 77.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a heartbreaker for us fans that have been around for a long time. And so many of us knew him as the coach of our team in some form or another. And I think he had such an effect across the entire league, both on Players and coaches and, uh, you know, people who are still involved in the game now. So uh, just a a huge loss of of a brilliant football mind.
0: Ten Grey Cup wins, including five with your team as a defensive coordinator. Yep. Nine appearances as a head coach.
2: And five and four in
0: those. Yeah. Five-time coach of the year. 231 career wins, second only to Wally Buono. The dawn passed away uh, today, and uh, I mean, there's only one word to describe him: legend.
2: Absolutely, that is the best word to describe him. And uh, and you know, he will. You know, he's been away from football for a few years, but I mean, his effect is still there, and uh, and he will definitely be missed. That is for sure.
0: And of course, he was a Hall of Famer in 2011, uh, and one of the most colorful personalities I think we'd ever seen. What was his? Uh, Famous quote, uh, football is not a democracy, it's a dictatorship, and I'm the head dick.
2: <laughs> and- <laughs> yep, yeah, that's uh, about how it goes, and uh, I mean, he's a personality, and I think there were people who really did, you know, uh, you know, kind of butt heads with him, of right, course. of course. But fact of the matter was, is that if you wanted a guy who knew about defense, and about how to set up a defense, I mean... He is the guru, right? Like you, you, there's, there's nobody else you would go to. If you could go to him, you'd go to him. So, uh, and I, I, so I I still think that there are going to be people who are going to be playing that system for years and years to come.
0: And you know who he reminds me of, and I bet you guess where I'm going with this.
2: I have a general idea, yes. He (laughs) reminds me of Chris Jones. He sure does, yes. He
0: was the guy that brought Jones into the league 17 years ago, and uh, I guess Jones talked about him on the sports cage earlier today with Rod and Luke, and uh, got a bit choked up today, so I I see Don Matthews a lot in uh, Chris Jones, and you know what? I hope that Jones can have the same success, long-term success, in Saskatchewan as uh,
2: Matthews had all across this great league. I, I hope that he has success... Can I just hold back like hopefully for somewhere else is that is that all right at this moment? I'm still bitter, I'm sorry, I need to get over it. I understand, but I'm still a little bitter,, yeah. so we didn't get our asses kicked enough last year for you. like how many more losses does it take? well, I mean one more season of bad would okay. be fine by me just i j he just needs to. Yeah, he needs to be taught a lesson. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with how it's going at this moment. That's horrible. Oh, I'll stop. We're busy today.
0: Lots to talk about. And we're also going to be joined uh, by Janine, uh, formerly of the Bleed Red Blacks podcast. Now she's the Our Nation representative in the Grey Cup Festival Committee. So it's really awesome to have her on that. And she's going to be, I guess, the fan's voice To the rest of the committee, I think a really cool idea they come up with. So let's get right to it. And we're welcoming back to the show Janine, formerly of uh, the Bleed Red Blacks podcast. I guess I should. Is that going to happen this year, Janine?
1: Oh, sadly, Travis, I don't think it's going to happen. We just got, uh, the three of us just have these ridiculous jobs with ridiculous schedules, and we couldn't find a way to make it work. So I got to say, we're pretty heartbroken about it because we loved it. But uh, but a girl's got to make a girl's got to make a living. Oh, so. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we all know how that feels. And I Absolutely. guess you kind of got a new position for this football season. You're the R Nation representative for the Grey Cup Festival.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's a pretty exciting new position.
0: So I guess first of all, let, let's talk about the off season, which I'm sure you're just so eager to talk about because <laughs> it's your first off season as a Grey Cup champion. How did it feel? I'm sure you've been on cloud nine since November.
1: Oh, gee, like it, it was just it was just unbelievable. And I was telling Andrew the other night. Um, it was such a roller coaster of emotion up and down and up and down. And uh, the game itself was just, it was such an incredible feeling to see Ottawa bring home a great cup after, you know, all the ups and downs that this franchise has had. And it had been 40 years since we'd had, uh, since we'd had any kind of real measurable success in football. So, um, and we didn't get a chance to talk too much about it last uh, last time. We chatted, Andrew, but the parade, the Grey Cup parade that was held nice. here after the team got back, the whole city just was mobilized and rallied around it. And it's been such a great, such a great feeling to have a viable uh, team back in Ottawa that is really giving back to the community and producing results for the fan base. So it's just been an incredible run.
2: I, I didn't actually get to ask you on Monday... Um wh- have you had a chance to actually get a get a picture or get around the Grey Cup uh, since the win?
1: I haven't. What gotten near what? the Grey Cup <laughs> since the win. But you want to hear a funny story. So I study I'm studying Italian um just for something interesting Ooh. and different to do. I decided to pick up another language. And <laughs> Ettore Latanzio on Red Blacks is wow. Italian. He's Italian Canadian. But he is taking lessons from the same i the same woman as I do, but he takes them privately whenever he's whenever he's got time. And all of the players got to have the Grey Cup for a couple of days. Yeah, He ended up with the Grey Cup the day that he had an Italian lesson with Stefania. And he brought the cup to her house because he knew that she had a student, me, who was crazy about football. <laughs> so my Italian teacher, who knows nothing about the CFL, has like have had the Grey Cup in her house and took like 73 pictures of it and texted them to me.
2: (laughs) Purely for
0: jealousy reasons. Like,
1: seriously. So
2: when you went back, was the first word that you learned was how to swear at her because that was not fair? (laughs) She
1: hasn't taught me any swears yet, and now I know why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't want to make you feel jealous, but one day at work, the Grey Cup just came in, and uh, I know. that was it a, shows up everywhere. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this thing really uh gets around." So it was really cool to see the Grey Cup. Uh, I I really hope that you. Well, I guess the off season's pretty much over, but I'm sure you'll have more opportunities as uh, the r nation representative for the Grey Cup Festival. I
1: hope so, and I and I can say that I got to when the when. The float with, uh, with the receivers went by. Right. Uh, one of the guys was holding the grey cup out for the crowd to touch. So I did get to touch the grey cup when it was you know, hot off off the plane nice, Toronto, nice. So. <laughs> i gotta ask
0: how was the weather for that festival or that uh parade because in 2013 when the riders won it was about minus 30 for the victory parade and i froze my ass off
1: <laughs> yeah well i remember that gray cup festival because it was a yeah. cold one um Game day was it good, was but... actually rainy and windy um yeah. that day for the parade and Um, it was like freeze at that time of year in Ottawa, it's freezing rain. So it just, it just so happened that a ton of schools, uh, like the school buses didn't run that morning, um, because of the freezing rain. So you know what that ended up doing is all those parents that were stuck at home with their kids all day, just brought their kids out to the parade. So (laughs) it was cold and miserable, but the crowd (laughs) was fantastic. I
0: I guess I got to ask, how is the the team looking? Because, Obviously, Chris Williams is gone, but they they Mm -hmm. won the Grey Cup without him. Henry is gone, and it seems like it's going to be a seamless transition because Harris looked great when he played last year, and they've also... Uh, pillaged uh, the Argos of their talents. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> well, why not? You know, everybody pillaged us. Why not return the favor? Um, you know, I, I don't
2: th- know what you're talking about. We're we're just sitting over here by ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, you never you never mind back office. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> those Eskimos, I tell you. No, you know, I think um, for me, what worried me the most. Immediately, um, when you started to see some names drop off, um, I was I was really really quite heartbroken to see, particularly Ernest Jackson go. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pretty pretty big soft spot for uh, for E Jack, and of course Chris Williams as well was um, it was really hard to see those guys go. But I wasn't as worried about the receiving core as I was about the secondary in particular. Like we took you know lost Boris High Tower, we lost Abdul Kene. Um, we lost quite a few, uh, quite a few of our, our stars, and I think a lot of us in Ottawa were really worried about how are we going to fill the holes uh, on the defense. And I, you know, I have to say, based on I haven't had a chance to take in any training camp, but based on what I saw in the first off-season game, uh, they seem to be doing all right. And we've made some, uh, we've made some interesting pickups. Of course, we got AJ Jefferson, which uh, he's a pretty great player. So. Speaking of pillaging from Toronto, um, you know we've gotten a few uh, a few really key players to fill some of those holes, um, and so I think we're feeling we're still feeling pretty optimistic. We've got a really great coaching staff here in Ottawa. Um, there's a really great. I think if you ask some of the players that um, have now come to ottawa for the first time are those that have left like ernest jackson and chris williams everyone talks about the real family feel in that dressing room so i think the key is just for these new new guys to gel with this red black family and uh, we're going to see some good football in ottawa this year
0: i look at the roster and there's about 18 dbs <laughs> still there yeah, I know. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> well they dress Seventy-seven people. Wow. <laughs> I think for the for I don't know if I I think that's what I read. I should I should have maybe done more research before you called, but I'm fairly certain I read that they dressed like seventy-some people for their first off-season game. So you know, Rick Campbell is getting a good look at a lot of people here before he makes his um, final cut decisions.
0: I uh, haven't heard much about this guy, but there's a defensive back on the Red Blacks called Armageddon Drawn. I'm cheering for that guy. <laughs> we like names on two and out and a guy named Armageddon like tell me there would be a better defensive back than that
1: i know right like you don't want to you don't want to be the receiver lining up exactly in He's the guy with the name armageddon
0: <laughs> exactly that's terrifying <laughs> So let's talk about uh, the Grey Cup Festival, the 105th edition of it coming up in uh, November in Ottawa. I've got my tickets, I've got my hotel booked, and look, there's probably only about 1,000 tickets left at this point. Uh, I
1: would think so, yeah. Yeah, but
0: how's the city? Everybody getting really excited already?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think right now a lot of the city is focused on July first being a pretty big deal for us this yeah. year with Canada's one fiftieth. And I don't mind admitting to you guys that I'm running away for that. I'm going to Toronto to see a Blue Jays game <laughs> on Canada Day last weekend because Ottawa is going to be pretty uh, a pretty crazy oh, city. Yeah. But you know, we're going to get to the big Canada Day festivities, and then it's going to be all eyes are going to be focused on the Grey Cup and um the city is really excited about the opportunity to host this most you know canadian of experiences uh in the nation's capital for the 150th year i think it's going to be a really uh, a really great party so um I, you know i think it's fair to say that most people are maybe not quite focused on football yet but as soon as we have that home opener on uh, On the 23rd or the 24th, I think it's the 23rd. You know, things are gonna, people are gonna start realizing. Oh yeah, we're really close to Grey Cup, and you're gonna see Grey Cup fever just take hold.
0: Now you're representing representing, I guess, all of our nation. It seems like a pretty big job for your job with the Grey Cup Festival Committee. Uh, (laughs) So you're kind of looking for uh, some stuff from fans to help you out for the upcoming uh, event in November.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Travis, one of the things that I like, uh, that I always look forward to every year is uh, is sort of your take on how things went on your podcast right. uh, at the Great Cup Festival. Because like me, you try to go to as many of these as you can. Um, and my goal this year is to make sure that you have a great time and give us a great review. <laughs> you know, you know you have what? Some things that you saw in Toronto and in Winnipeg that maybe weren't working out all that well from a fan perspective. And that's really precisely why I'm there, is to make sure that that fan perspective from the people like you and me who go year in and year out and who just love this festival and love love this game, make sure that we don't leave ottawa with a feeling that oh you know that was okay but it could have been so much better if so i really want to hear from people like you who've seen the things that work and more importantly who've seen the things that don't work um because that's my job is to bring that to the table and make sure that we don't uh you know we don't repeat some of the some of the mistakes that may have been made in previous festivals
2: I think if you just make sure that when he has a ticket that it actually is a seat, then I think he'll be happy right from there. I I was
0: just going to say, if my seat exists, that's a good start.
1: (laughs) I still can't believe that story. I still can't believe that you had a non-seat seat. seat.
0: (laughs) It was a pillar. I mean, I can
2: try to sit on it, but... (laughs) They just really wanted you to be king of the castle, Travis. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And then last year, I I, I drank and I Kijiji'd and probably shouldn't have done it. So
1: yeah, no drinking <laughs>
0: <laughs> So I'm on a I'm on a two game losing streak here, and I, I really appreciate you looking out for me.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I think actually, Travis, one of the things that you'll you'll love about this Grey Cup festival is um as a site uh where td places it's, it's a pretty great sort of urban um like it's an urban oasis there's all these great restaurants there's of course the stadium there's a hockey arena there's a horticultural building that gets turned in like when the briar was in ottawa that was where the briar patch was right. um you know there's like there's a whole bunch of great locations and almost in every part of the festival will be held on the grounds of Lansdowne. There's going to be a few events here and there uh, that aren't going to be able to be accommodated at Lansdowne, like things like the Players' Awards would have to be, you know, at at one of the bigger sort of convention center-type places downtown. A a team here or there may decide to have its team party at at a hotel where they're staying. But for the most part, everything's going to be contained. So fans aren't going to have to figure out Where do I go next? It's all going to be there. And I think that's going to be a real treat for fans this year.
0: Yeah, that, that that map, I think we've all seen it uh, floating around of uh, Lansdowne for the Grey Cup Festival. It's already out, and it, it looks like it's going to be an absolutely incredible time. Now, you sent a note out saying uh, two weeks, I guess, on June 28th is 150 days out from the Grey Cup, and there's going to wow. be a cool event Exciting. happening uh, in Ottawa that day.
1: Yeah, so, um, there's, uh, OSAG is planning to, uh, to sort of bring together, uh, to bring together some people at Lansdowne to, uh, unveil some of the plans for Grey Cup. So I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder. Okay, uh, right? But I want it, I want everybody to sort of keep their eyes open for June 28th because that's when we're going to start having a bit more detail come out, uh, about, uh, what's going to happen at Grey Cup and it'll, It'll uh, start getting people really excited and uh, really looking forward to spending November with us.
0: Now, I know OSEG is kind of looking for stories from people that have been to, you know, 400 Grey Cups. And uh, you're looking for, obviously, ideas and how the festival can be the best it can be. Where can we find you to get this stuff to you?
1: Well, I, I, hope everybody, uh, I hope everybody knows me well enough on Twitter. I'm the person that talks about pretty much just Bruce Springsteen and the CFL. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the best place to find me. It's at Ottawa J, and that's J-A-Y. Uh, and you can send me a tweet. You can uh, send me a direct message on Twitter. Um, and I really look forward to hearing suggestions, stories, um just any any ideas that you have to showcase what is the best about uh, about the Canadian experience that is the CFL, and uh, anything that you want to share about how to make this hundred and fifth Grey Cup festival just a really outstanding experience.
0: One last question: You're a north sider, aren't you?
1: I am a north sider. Now, where are your tickets during Grey Cup? Uh-oh. I'm a, I'm a south
0: sider, so I guess I gotta end this interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's yeah, gonna me be too. Wait. Back and forth. It's not terribly original. <laughs> you guys are going to say north side sucks and we're going to say south side sucks and at the end of the day here's, here's the thing about the north side. When it rains or when it snows, I've got a hood. I've got a roof over my head. <laughs> so you're going to want to be on the north side with the snowball. I'm just saying. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Crossing my fingers for some good weather that day.
2: That's right. And me too. Yeah, I mean, don't, I, I really have, uh, surprisingly, I'm not really a fan of snow angels. So I would really be happy if it was nicer that day.
1: We like snow angels here. You know that, right,
2: Andrew? I was, I'm well aware, well aware.
1: <laughs> we like that That Greg Ellingson and his shirt. Oh. Earth- this surf guy look who makes snow angels. Well, oh, I forgot about that
0: awkward uh, little uh, interaction there with the snowball back in, I guess, last November, Edmonton and Ottawa.
1: That's right. <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, you, <laughs> know you know what? Me.
2: Hey, he was celebrating. That's okay. I thought it was. a I thought it was a funny celebration. Good great. for him.
1: No, it was fun. It was. A, it was actually yeah. say, It was kind of a fun game to be at, just because of how you know how Canadian is it to be in a freaking blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the year before, they wouldn't let the the lumberjacks saw the logs. I'm just trying to stir the pot here. Now you guys can yeah, argue. You
1: know, yeah. I just, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I've forgiven Andrew and, and the gang for that yet, Travis. I'm really not. That's that's you. You know, there's going to be a lot of sawing of a lot of logs this year, and I'm on the committee, so I can make that happen, whether Ottawa's in it or not. <laughs> I,
2: I just want to be on record is that I had no part in that decision <laughs> no, i'm not, I'm not saying, saying it was a bad decision, decision. i'm just I'm saying, saying i had no part really? of it. <laughs> there we go yeah i got it.
0: <laughs> awesome janine thanks for coming on the show today
1: thank you guys i love i i love chatting with you guys and uh thank you so much for having me on and i promise to keep you all posted as we get more and more information about the festival <laughs>
0: In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the To It Out podcast. Thanks again to uh, Janine for joining us today. Let's, let's get to the uh, rest of the news uh, from the past week. I guess I want to start with this. I thought it was really cool. There was a lot of people complaining about it uh, on Facebook anyway. I, I think I need to stop reading the Facebook comments on <laughs> CFL and TSN's <laughs> page because I just, I end up leaving about 60 comments to all of the jackasses that are on there. <laughs> people were it's, mad because the CFL is doing a nationwide, I guess, basically a scavenger hunt to win tickets to the Grey Cup uh, coming up in November in Ottawa, and yes. people were complaining that they're only doing it in CFL cities. Do, do, do people realize wow. how big this country is? I <laughs> <laughs> let's go uh, prop Max up in the Northwest Territories in the Great Canadian Shield and see if anybody go finds him. Like, come on. I don't, I don't know what you expected, but yesterday they were in Edmonton. You stopped by. Tell us about how that went.
2: Yeah, I did. Uh, I was able to stop by. I, I kind of saw the announcement last minute, and right. uh, and so I thought, oh, okay, well, I know where that is. That's Clark. So I'll just drive over there at five and kind of see what's going on. And uh, now there was about 20 people, I want to say that showed up and uh, a couple representatives from the Eskimos and they, Uh, obviously took uh, everybody's name down and kind of put it all in a hat. And uh, the cool thing was we kind of had to wait for a bit. So a bunch of us were kind of chatting and I had uh, a couple of fans that said, uh, hey, aren't you the podcast guy? Nice. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, I am. And uh, so I got to meet some great people. And so then we talked a bit about the show and that was fun. And uh, then they just did the draw and you had to know – the code basically based on the answers from the questions. Right. And um, they they were pretty straightforward questions. Uh, you might have to research it a little bit, but uh, I have super fans, so I don't have to research anything. <laughs> and uh, basically they picked a name out of the hat. And if you answered the questions correctly, then you got, uh, they had like an Eskimos football and then you go kind of into the next round and, uh, I did feel bad. The one lady uh, obviously got there and she put her name in, but then she hadn't read all of the specifics on the questions. And so when she went to answer, she got the second one instead of saying 54, she said 1954, which isn't, oh, and they no. just wanted the last two question, last two numbers. And so she ended up missing and I'm, and I, I felt bad. I was like, Oh, Oh, this, this, painful i mean I feel yes, feel gives me another her. shot but that's painful wow and uh yeah and then the next guy drawn knew all the answers and uh so away it went but it was just kind of neat spontaneous thing kind of do
0: uh, the riders uh they gave up a fifth rounder last week in the supplemental draft and they get linebacker brandon bartlett which i actually kind of expected there to be a Bidding war between Saskatchewan and Edmonton here with the, loss of, agree. Yes. with the loss of Corey Greenwood. And I thought the Riders basically got a steal here with a fifth rounder.
2: I, I totally agree. I thought, uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit higher pick. So a fifth rounder is fantastic. And I'm, I'm a little surprised the Eskimos didn't go in on it, but I think because, uh, they just got Malumba and, right. uh, of course, Blair Smith has been in the system for a couple of years and Adam Konar, uh, has been, although injured, has been around for, uh, two years. This is his third year. So, I think that might be why they kind of backed off. We do have about six guys that are Canadian linebackers, but I still, I did think they would might get in on the bidding a little bit. And I think Saskatchewan got a steal there. Let's
0: talk about uh, some injuries that have happened over, I guess, the first week in preseason. There haven't been that many, uh, but uh, Carrera Law, uh, defensive end for the Calgary Stampeders, ended up uh, suffering a pretty serious injury in their game against Edmonton on Sunday, and looks like he could be out for the season.
2: Yeah, I heard he broke his ankle.
0: Yeah, there was uh, and there's some ligament damage in there. Pretty nasty. It, uh,
2: but it was it was like when he went down, uh, I was at the game and yeah. he threw his helmet off. He was in a ton of pain, and you know when you, when they pick the guy up and they're walking to the sidelines, and you're like, "Ooh, that's not good." Yeah, that, I had that feeling because he was not putting. Any weight whatsoever on that foot, um, huge loss for the Stampeders because uh, I, th- I think that guy has uh, got a lot of speed and and coming around the side. So that's a that's a tough one for sure. And also Vince Young, I, I, I know I, there's a reason I put Canera Law
0: as the lead uh, because. <laughs> He would have had a more bigger impact, I think, to that team. But Vince Young has a torn hamstring. He's out four to six weeks. What do you think happens here? Do they release him before the season? Do they six-game him and then maybe release him or see what he has after that? Or what's going to happen here, you think?
2: Well, I think they're going to six-game him. And then it'll be interesting to see, though, whether or not he... Stays If he with, wants for, to. Do you, do you know what I mean? If he wants it or if he just decides, well, no, I'm done and I'm going back to my my really cushy job down in Texas. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting, but I think the, from the rider standpoint, I believe they would put him on the sixth game. Have him practicing a bit in those in that last week of the of the six uh, the six weeks, and then a, another week of practice, and then they would probably decide from there. They get some time to look at some of these other younger guys. Do we want to actually put Vince Young on the roster, or then after the, he comes off the six game, does he get released? But I, I have a feeling it kind of works that he's in the middle there. I actually wonder
0: if the the poor performance from Brian Bennett during the preseason game, he had three fumbles, maybe yeah. have uh, extended the life of Vince Young and the team a little bit longer because there was high hopes for Bennett, and he's been having, yeah. from all accounts, a pretty good camp, but he really struggled against Winnipeg, and maybe that is Vince Young's saving grace so far to stay <laughs> on the team. I also wonder if Jones is just too proud
2: to just cut bait yet because from reports... (laughs) Because he got him up here. He got him up here, right? I think... I I could see... I hadn't even thought of that angle before, but I could see where you would think that. Because the
0: reports are that he reached out to VY and Vince had never even kind of thought about making a comeback.
2: Wow, yeah. And uh, maybe it's like one of those things like when you know Chris Jones was signing all of the Eskimos away last year he he did it because he could and that's the same kind of thing with Vince Young well i I'm, I'm going to keep him here because i can cuz i got him here right yeah. but i again i i just kind of didn't look at that angle i was looking more at what what does Vince Young want at this point yeah i that i think that's where the deciding factor is i think the riders will be happy at this particular moment to put him on the sixth game but does young want to hang around for six weeks in rehab in Regina, and then with the opportunity to be a backup? Does I, he want that? It's kind of hard to say, right?
0: I find it interesting that he went to Toronto for the MRI. Uh, I, oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, apparently <laughs> it happened in hmm. Toronto. And, uh, I mean, I don't know what that means, but maybe he will be sticking around in Canada for a little while longer.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah,
0: I guess, Speaking of some former NFL quarterbacks. uh, The Montreal Alouettes ended up working out Josh Freeman, who used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he was a first-round draft pick. And uh, from all accounts, they say he had a pretty darn strong arm uh, when they worked him out. So we'll see what happens There, let's go back to Edmonton because there was a lot of hope that Aston Whiteside would really help out that uh, defensive line, but now he gets released, but he didn't even make it to camp.
2: Yeah, no, he could never get here. I guess there's a lot of passport issues. Now that's what the story is. (laughs) Yeah, that's the story. I don't think it takes this long to uh, fix a passport issue, so... Something else isn't quite uh, running the right way there, shall we put it that way? And uh, yeah, so now he's released. Uh, it's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing him here and in a rotation yeah. uh, between, you know, Philip Hunt, Odell, Marcus Howard, and Aston Whiteside. That, that I was hoping that those four would be rotating uh, and kind of spelling each other off and, and continuing with a, a higher pressure up front. But uh, hey, guess it just wasn't meant to be on that one.
0: I also want to know uh, what your take is on the Nate Bahar situation. Uh, First-round draft pick, uh, all accounts, the most talented receiver in the draft, but his agent, Jonathan Hardaway, I believe his name is, is playing hardball with the Eskimos, and I believe this was the same guy that was with Josiah St. John last year in the Riders.
2: Sure was. Sure Uh, was.
0: (laughs) Is this guy gonna be on the team ever
2: well I can say right now uh, we we were lucky enough to talk to Nate Bahar the day after he got drafted now he looked like he was so excited
1: to absolutely be
2: in he he was and and we talked to him we actually did it on a on a video Skype so that we could actually see him as we're talking to him right and he w- was genuinely excited and he seemed like a really, really good kid. Seemed to look like he would be, you know, really good in the locker room, all those kind of things. I think I, we had uh, a Paul on our show a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about how he doesn't really blame the agent for trying to get the best deal for his player. Yeah. I think at this point, particular moment though, we're now getting into the range of it's doing more harm than good. And he's gonna, you know, start missing game checks very soon. And if he continues that way, when, you know, the here the Eskimos today sign another national receiver in uh, McDonnell, I believe his name was, that yeah. he was with uh, Ottawa, and great big, like, 6'5", 220-pound receiver um, that's a national. So we're starting to fill up on that side. Where's Bahar's spot going to be if he decides, okay, now I want, I'm ready to sign? And that... That worries me because, I, like I said, I thought he was a great talent. I was very excited for him to be part of the team. And I'm just not sure where that's going to fit now. And if I don't think the deal gets any better at this point. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I heard uh, Dave Campbell talking after the game on Sunday that basically they had uh, demanded first overall money and then demanded second overall money which yes. doesn't make sense. You you're not first or second overall. Why why do you why do you get that money?
2: It, there there has to be a point where players say I just want to play ball. Well that I, and and that's the part that I said on the show before was that this shouldn't be this difficult. You've got a team that drafts you high, they obviously want you on the team. They do want to pay you for the place that they drafted you. Yeah you 've got a player who's worked really, really, really hard to get to the point of being able to play pro ball i can 't imagine he 's sitting and going, yeah that 's all right. I can wait it out <laughs> like what What else is he going to do he can 't go back to school at this point no. so uh, i i I think at some point you 'd kind of want to do the thing that you were planning on doing and getting paid for, so it, it it shouldn't be this difficult and and unfortunately what ends up in the middle there is the agent and i i get that he's trying to make the best deal for his client i totally get that on the other hand there does come a point where you've got to you have to sit down with your client and go okay well wh- where are we going to get to because this is going to start to affect his long term maybe not long term career but it is going to affect his career what if he ends up sitting out until Labor Day, as an example, like what? Well, you end what up benefit does that do
0: to him? You end up screwing an entire season. Exactly. Uh,
2: uh, exactly. Apparently,
0: I, I guess the signing bonus they that Hardaway was sh- shooting out there was like forty grand, which is
2: I thought I heard that. Yeah, are you I don't kidding? know how true that is, but yeah, like,
0: that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Josiah Saint John last year ends up signing on June thirtieth but you miss all of training camp. You've been playing NCAA football, so you're not used to the Canadian game. You end up being on the practice roster, not getting game checks. Yep. So you're losing money, you're losing experience, you're losing playing time. And guess what? You're just like all the other guys when you go to camp next year, and they're not looking at you as that hot shot draft pick anymore, giving you a chance. You're just in with the rest of the guys.
2: You're, you're a guy that's got to prove yourself, yeah. right? So <laughs> I think that, and, and what's funny too, is because even Josiah St. John last year said that that was a mistake, right? Like yeah. At some point he did actually say, I should have just, you know, got into it because I missed so much. And so you would think that that would have some effect somewhere. And like I said, I, I think Bahar is a good kid. I really want him to be part of this team. I think he's a a dynamic Canadian receiver, and I would really love to see him in green and gold and doing well. But, I mean, there's got to be a middle ground, like, somewhere. Just somebody go, okay, like, let's just remember that we're a rookie, and then let's remember that for when we get to the, you know, two years down the road when we've got to sign an extension. Let's see how you're doing then, and then we'll figure it out, right? Yeah.
0: Cutdown day comes on Saturday. I guess all the teams need to be down uh, for their rosters uh, come like 10 o'clock, I guess, mountain time on Saturday. It's a bit different than past years where there were two cutdown days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. the Bombers getting in on the action early. They cut 11, including the quarterback Austin Apodaca and uh, defensive back Terrence Frederick, which that one – Really surprised me because there was a game last season where the Bombers changed everything. Uh, Matt Nichols started, Taylor Loeffler started, Travis Bond started, and Terrence Frederick started, and then we know what the Bombers did the rest of the year. They went on this crazy run and looked
2: awesome, but Terrence Frederick already gone. That, that one did surprise me. that's the big name, right and the funny thing is, I think this year you're gonna see that with i mean, you usually see it with every team, but I think we might see some bigger names this year than we are expecting and uh I honestly am a little bit surprised we're recording here on Wednesday night that the Eskimos didn't make a couple of cuts prior to the Winnipeg game, uh especially after seeing that calgary game but I think, yeah, it's going to be very interesting on Saturday. I think there's going to be a lot of us on Twitter going, what the hell just happened? Really?
0: (laughs) It seems to happen every June. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Is
2: it June yet? What do you mean that guy's not on my team? What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, it's everything at once, right?
0: Well, in the past, it's been, uh, you have that cut down day, and then your starters get more and more reps in the second preseason game. It's almost like we're seeing the opposite, Uh, with Ottawa, they're playing Montreal tonight, and they're sitting just about all of their starters, and they're letting uh, the battles uh, come to an end in the preseason game. In the past, it was honestly the opposite.
2: Oh, I know, yeah, and Eskimos are doing the exact same thing, right? Yeah. I think what seems to be happening, though, is that a lot of the teams are playing their veteran guys when they're playing at home, and they're playing their... Their rookie guys when they're playing away. Um, now, the only team that didn't, that did that opposite is Calgary, but Calgary's following yeah. what you were saying, which is they usually have more of the younger guys in the first game and more of the vets in the second game. But there's more teams that are doing it the opposite way. And it's just very interesting how each team is approaching it, even with playing their quarterbacks, right? Like Mike Riley has just got a quarter and a half and that's it. He's not playing Thursday. So, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure he's going to make the team, but still, <laughs> really? I think yeah, I, it's you know it's tight, but I think he'll squeak in there. So I don't know that Zach but, Klein kid. Oh, I know! Isn't that amazing? <laughs> wow, one pass, ninety yards, touchdown. Yeah. Which, by I'm, the way, yeah. he has an. If incredible... If he replicates st- it Thursday, then he, we'll talk. Yeah, he
0: has an incredible story. He, he does. I don't know if you've read up, but in the NCAA, he. <laughs> Had six coaches, four schools in five years, and he didn't start a game until his last year. This guy has been through a lot, and I really hope that he's able to stick with Edmonton because th-
2: this guy clearly just wants to play that's all absolutely. he wants absolutely absolutely and when they interviewed him after he got here, you could just hear the like the joy, the exuberance in his voice of saying. I am on a professional football team. Like he was, just he just wants to play, and obviously, I granted, yes, we we have a very small sample size of one throw, but <laughs> he is uh, he, he's excited. I mean, that celebration after the touchdown was classic, and it was you you want a guy like that on your team? You can just tell the the love of the game is there, right?
0: Let's talk about uh, some fantasy. <laughs>
2: Time for the fantasy. Expose on the To and Out podcast.
0: Uh, I don't know if you got the email here as a season ticket holder, but DraftKings has uh, extended their partnership with the CFL, and they're having a free contest exclusive for CFL season ticket holders to open the season. So uh, you enter for free on their website. First place gets a 1,000 big ones, and then actually Ooh. the top 2,000 scores get prizes. So if you're a season ticket holder, enter and get in on that because – top 2000 i think he got some pretty good chances to get something
2: yeah no kidding that's i thought that was a fantastic idea and and i mean the nice thing is is now that the CFL fantasy is yep. up on cfl.ca you're it's kind of the same thing right you can dra- you're drafting a good lineup and everyone's kind of used to it from last year i think so i am i'm super excited about that i'm definitely going to throw well especially in a free entry oh yeah i can yeah. afford that i'm in
0: yeah. <laughs> tsn cfl fantasy by the way is free every week now on DraftKings you do have to start a defense now tell me about this strategy early in the season I'm going to be starting defenses against teams like Saskatchewan Montreal and Toronto I I I don't buy that those offenses are going to be really moving the ball that well to start the year
2: I, I, I was going with the one that was playing Toronto, for sure. Um, Hamilton. I think that one's... Uh, yeah. Well, uh, start the Hamilton defense. That, I, that's, I'm going to tell you, that's what I'm doing week one. Because uh, I think that Hamilton defense, especially that secondary, has been overhauled and improved. I think it's going to be very interesting there. Uh, I can tell you which defense not to pick. Do not pick the defense that is playing against BC.
0: I actually... Agree. Uh, Bo kind of made. I know it was preseason, but a lot of the number ones were playing. Uh, they kind of made it look easy to go up fifteen nothing. And yeah. Manny Arsenault and Jonathan Jennings and the Brian Burnham and all the fun <laughs> things going on in BC. Uh, they might have some fun with the Eskimo secondary to start. The yeah, game.
2: they they definitely could. Uh, I mean, I know that it's another year under their belts under this defensive system but um yeah pretty much throughout the season picking the defense that's going against BC probably not really going to help you win anything that's my guess uh
0: i'm actually i'm looking at the rider defense uh they're going to be better than the beginning of last year and they're going against montreal which I still, now, Darren Durant is better than <laughs> Vernon Adams. But I, I think Durant's strength now is something that you can't measure with stats. It's heart, it's leadership. He's never yes. been, you know, that consistent 300 yard guy. Uh, but I, I know, I know he has Ernest Jackson and I know things like that, but I think the rider defense is probably going to try to, that's going to be an ugly game. I think to open the season, Do you, like, think so? Do you, know, you think like so, you know, 1815 or something like that, but I'd love to be wrong. If it's a 42 35 game, I'll be surprised. <laughs> But
2: I just don't see that one. I don't see that happening. Yeah, that, that'll that be the, the two games after that. Yeah, Cal- exactly. Calgary, Ottawa, Edmonton, BC. Oh, I think those are both going to have some fireworks going on. Yeah, I totally agree
0: with you there. Now, as for defenses I'm going to pick on, I think I'll be picking on Winnipeg again. Last year they forced a ton really? of turnovers. But they gave up the most passing yards in the league. I see that happening again. I, I, and I don't think they can force the same amount of turnovers because that's that was ridiculous.
2: Well, that part I a hundred percent agree with you on. I don't think that the the turnovers are not going to be the exact same as last year. And and you hope when they make moves like releasing guys like like Frederick that okay that maybe they found somebody that's going to help with all that long passing. But yeah, if you're just basing it on last year, yeah, yeah, I mean. You, you might be, uh, might be a good idea to not pick the defense. Is going to let a lot go down the field. Yeah,
0: I do think the the guys at the top of the league aren't going to change that much. I, I think you know you are going to see Harris, Jennings, Riley. Uh, and uh, Bo all at the top. I, I don't think yeah. that's going to change. As for receivers, it's going to be the Manny Show. It's going to be a Darius Bowman. It's going to be DeVaris Daniels. So I think where you can win this year is knowing the guys you can get for cheap. And Absolutely. Yes. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to... You know, kind of uh, recommend guys because they could get cut on Saturday. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and that's the thing, right? Right now, you, you, you're, I have a, uh, a lineup set, but that's going to yeah. change next week because sure. you, you got to figure out who's all going to be where. But you look at guys, you say all those top quarterbacks. I'm looking at things like, okay, well, who are they playing against? I, I think honestly, in week one, you're. Your deal, quote unquote, deal for a quarterback might be Zach Claro's. Yeah, he's going up against a Toronto defense that's pretty new, really altogether. They just got and, Bear Woods
0: and Marcus Ball, but are they going to be able to gel? I don't know.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And is and, and is Claro's has had a full off season and a full training camp, and he's healthy and he's got some weapons. And he's not as expensive as those other four that you just mentioned. So maybe that's the deal of the week there.
0: Now, I now at this point of training camp, who's generally ahead? Do you think the defenses or the offenses as far as being ready for the year?
2: Uh, I always say at the beginning of the year that it's the offenses and the defenses get better as it gets colder and they have more time to play together. That's what I've noticed pretty and much every year.
0: That was kind of my thought process with going with Ottawa uh, in week one against Calgary. I I know the Calgary defense is unbelievable, but Harris is cheaper than the big three, I would say. Uh, Jennings, Riley, and Bo. And yep. they also have William Powell, who's going to be, I think they're starting running back. They didn't send him to Montreal for the game. So you assume that he's going to get the starting job to start the year. And he's actually the cheapest on DraftKings between him, Shakir Bell, and Moses Madu. That <laughs> yeah. seems like
2: a no brainer to me. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I, I was waiting to see if Saskatchewan was actually going to pull the the Keenan LaFrance and put him in because he was dirt cheap for <laughs> yeah. player. I thought, ooh, if he's going to start him, I'll take a starting running back for, you know, under three grand. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> now, actually, speaking of Saskatchewan, uh, Keenan LaFrance seems to be banged up all uh, training camp for the most part. And I yes. think that may have cost him at least the opportunity to battle for the starting gig. And I think the Riders... They're going with Cameron Marshall to start at running back. That's what I think, uh, and Over maybe Anthony Allen. I think Marshall is more explosive than Allen. Okay, okay. Uh, I get. Uh, I, I think he's got more speed uh, uh, right away. Allen's a good running. back. I think he's a great running back, and he's has yeah, been cut and let go far too many times than I think he's deserved to be. Uh, and he showed it last year with BC. He can still still you know pound the rock but I think they go with a combination of Marshall and Allen I don't know if they'll both be on the game day roster of course but right. I think Marshall might get the first shot and he might come cheap uh, yeah that he might cheap. yeah
2: absolutely now,
0: you got the eyes on Edmonton what receivers can we look forward to to fill the shoes of Darrell Walker which are huge shoes obviously I would say about a Shaquille O'Neal size 22 shoe uh,
2: that's a lot to fill It's, uh, yeah. You know what, though? Uh, um, And I think Sunday kind of showed this as well. I I hate to say it, but I'm not really worried. Like, at, at receiver, we have a very, very good stock of receivers. And I think... I mean, I don't think it'll come as a big surprise. Brandon Zilstra is going to be a good pickup for a receiver. Now, he's not going to come super cheap, but uh, he'll be in that mid-range kind of guy. Yep. Uh, but he was showing on Sunday, I mean, you put up a, a 50-50 ball. It might be a 60-40 ball for the defense, and he finds a way to catch it. Like, it's crazy. So I would uh, I would definitely put him on the list. Uh, We don't know if he's going to make the team as of yet, but Bryant Mitchell is going to be a cheap option for a guy that will catch anything that comes close to him. And he's going to be that deep threat uh, for touchdowns. So I would definitely look at him and the last one, uh, just a name out of the blue, but, uh, and of course, he was on the other end of that uh, 90 yard pass that we were talking about earlier, but Duke Williams or Dakeel Williams, uh, if he makes this team and is able to play in the roster and he is making a name for himself here because he is a giant receiver uh, that can run people over. And uh, I have a feeling that he is on the verge of uh, breaking out as well. So, Lots of American talented receivers there. I, I, I receiver is kind of like the the least of my concerns on this team at this particular moment. He reminds me a bit in uh, size wise as
0: Torrey Gurley, like he is big.
2: Uh-huh. But he's but he's like a combination of Torrey Gurley and Nick Lewis because yeah. that that's what somebody was saying to me at training camp. I mean, he's like, is that like our you know our twenty three year old Nick Lewis where he's just. Right. Great big shoulders, and a couple of times he caught the ball and just ran through a guy. Like, (laughs) just put his shoulder down, and yeah, you're not stopping me. Now, before Um, his big
0: reception, he had a tough drop, didn't he?
2: He had one tough drop uh, early on in the uh, third quarter. Yeah. But then after that, he caught everything that came at him, ended up with two touchdowns. Nice. Um And, yeah. Well, he should have had that other touchdown right at the beginning of the third quarter, but then somebody uh, did a procedure. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
2: so I mean, the guy, Yeah. It, like I said, all camp, we've been doing, we've been saying Duke quite a lot. So, <laughs> so uh, when
0: Darrell Walker exploded, he started the season on the practice roster. Is this a
2: path you might see for Brian Mitchell? Uh, might be, although Bryant Mitchell was on the on the PR last year. Right. Um, the, the only reason that I think he might end up there is because he did get injured during training camp, so he got a little less looks. It'll be very interesting on Thursday. The battle for that receiver position is going to be huge. Um, Hazleton had a decent game, I think, on Sunday, mm-hmm. and so he's obviously, his name is in the mix as well, but it, I think after the way... Um, Williams played in the <laughs> that game, and I have a feeling how he's going to play on Thursday, I, I don't know if they'll be able to throw him on the practice roster of fear of somebody picking him up.
0: Now... I want to talk about some guys that are going to come pretty cheap, I think. Uh, Roy Finch for Calgary. Of course, on DraftKings, you get the return yards. He was told he was only going to return one kick on Sunday, and he took it to the house. (laughs) But he also got some carries, and I wonder if we're going to see him get more involved in the offense. And he could be a nice little value to start the season, I think.
2: Yeah, I think even Podcaster Ryan was saying that they are hoping to give him a little more of a role in there this year. So he he might be a great option for both sides. Kind of like your your Chris Rainey pick a couple of years ago where he would be able to pick up both, right? And he was so explosive.
0: Yes, and uh, there's uh, some more names. Uh, B.J. Cunningham from uh, Montreal. Here's what I think uh, might happen here. I I don't have the big... Ernest Jackson's going to take a drop
2: off from last year, right? I mean, he, I think so. Until I, he gets some some type of chemistry going on. Um when he first got to Ottawa, right? There was that he wasn't, you know, e-jack in the first, you know, 9 games of yeah. that season, but but he will come around. That's the thing. I think he'd be he'll end up being a better pickup kind of mid to late season cuz he'll his price will go down a bit and then yeah. he'll be a great pickup. Cuz I
0: think last year uh BJ Cunningham had A lot of pressure on him. Nick Lewis was kind of your possession, high-percentage throw guy. And Mm -hmm. uh, there was all that drama surrounding Deron Carter last year. So near the end of the year, B.J. Cunningham was the number one guy. But now with Nick Lewis and Ernest Jackson there now, I think B.J. Cunningham can kind of settle in and have an even bigger year uh, than he did last year, which was a hell of a start for the guy, I would
2: say. Yeah, I would agree, I think he's. I think he'd be a great pickup. You think he'd be kind of like at the beginning of last year when you'd pick up Burnham because he was yeah. now you know working with Arsenal and then he was having these monster games. I have a feeling Cunningham is right in that position for this year now.
0: I'm going to make a bold prediction and say Lamar Durant is going to lead the league in receiving yards for a Canadian.
2: Whoa. Wow. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I can't really argue that too much. I maybe think, it's not uh, that bold. But I think it is. Yeah. No. No. That that he is very talented. I, it's going to be interesting to see how many balls get thrown. His way only because look at all the other receivers. I think Kamar Jordan is going to be having a massive year. Devaris Daniels, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and then, of course, you've got Marquay still uh, uh, Mark McDaniel's McDaniel still there. So, yeah. yeah, how many how many balls go to Lamar Durant? But when he catches him, he could do something with him. That's for sure.
0: Uh, I'll be watching uh, still a a couple young players that might not uh, make an impact to start the season. I guess there's still a little bit of a battle in bombers training camp. We know Dressler is going to be starting at slot back, but what about the other one? I guess it's a battle between Clarence Denmark, Kenny Stafford and TJ Thorpe, who was getting a lot of first team looks this week and even returning uh, some kicks as well. So watch out for him. And I'm excited For a couple new running backs, James Wilder in Toronto had a Barry Sanders esque run last week.
2: (laughs) That guy looks like he could play middle linebacker. Yeah, he 's a big dude he's yes. a big dude. Um, yeah it i, I don 't uh, I only saw little bits of that game, um, yeah, there just, was only the so, highlights exactly so um i i don't want to put too past too much judgment yet, but I have heard his name bounced around definitely uh, on you know who to watch for
0: and b c fans will remember this last name, Josh Harris uh, looks like he 's got some cool things going on there as well, and both of the guys in front of them have been around the block. Once or twice, Jeremiah Johnson and Brandon Whitaker, uh, obviously in Toronto, who was healthy
2: last year, but he got the ball a lot. He I think didn't. there's a lot of mileage on those wheels. Oh, absolutely. Now, do you think, though, that under Tressman that you're going to see a lot more Ricky Ray to S.J. Green? <sighs> I, You know what? I have hope that...
0: As long as Ray can stay healthy that he will have another Ray-like year. Yes. But I don't know how much of the deep ball we're going to see uh from SJ anymore.
2: Probably not a whole lot, but I, I because SJ was so good at that like, you know, that 15-20 yeah, yard for sure. cut and then take it down the rest of the field. Um I just to me I think that that could be a very interesting thing to watch as the season goes as it gets started.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they turn into a dangerous combo, but I'm also not banking on it. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just thinking take a little bit of the pressure off Whitaker and actually yeah. be throwing it to some of these other guys. That, that's that's just what I'm I, – I I wonder if there'll be a, a bit more balance there, and I'm wondering if under Tressman they find a way to make that offensive line – a little more like they had in Montreal before, and that way, then Ricky's not getting killed every time he says hut. Yeah, so that would be a good thing. Yeah,
0: he's taking some nasty hits, and I guess Whitaker almost became his safety blanket, you know. Just, yeah, it's true. Hey, throw it to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm right here. I'm just five yards out, but I'll get you 20. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll see what they do. Uh, this week it's the final week of the preseason. Uh, next Thursday. The season is here. I, oh my! I'm so exciting. S- I'm sweating, but for completely different reasons than last week.
2: Thank uh, goodness. I- if we had talked about that, I would. I might have to just call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of horrified people. <laughs> yeah. uh. well, I would rank myself in that group, probably. I don't. I'm like, why? I mean, you did hear it in your voice. You're having a rough go. But yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> I believe that was a stipulation, though, of me coming on tonight. As long as there's no get your sweat talk, then I'm happy to be on.
0: <laughs> well, you ruined it.
2: <laughs> of course. There we go. Uh,
0: now, if the, if the regular season mirrors the preseason, we're in for a crazy year. No games have been decided by more than five points so far. Uh, so that is pretty cool. Even for preseason, the games have been fun. That Edmonton Calgary game, I love Jason
2: Moss saying, "Ah, screw it, let's uh, let's go for the win at the end of the game." So the I pre- loved it. I yeah. loved it. I mean, why not? It's exactly. Not, it's you either you kick it and you tie. Who cares? How many times do you get a chance to try and practice going for two? That, there's the time. Like, yeah. I mean, if you get it. The, the the home crowd's happy and everybody goes crazy, if you don't get it well, then you can practice an onside kick well, this is not a bad thing like, Absolutely. it's preseason, it means nothing like, that's the time to do
0: it uh, so we got four games left Ottawa, Montreal, Edmonton, Winnipeg Toronto, Hamilton uh, Saskatchewan, BC and then the games count So
2: oh, then it gets super exciting and uh, I mean, when when you realize that you're you know, a week away from real football. Oh, it's just that it's—it's like Christmas is coming. It's so exciting. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> I do want to recommend uh, around the table with Rod Smith. Last week he talked to general managers Marcel Desjardins, uh, Kyle Walters, and Chris Jones. It was a really cool watch. And uh, this week I think it's going to air before the Red Blacks and Alouettes game. Make sure you uh, PVR that if you if you miss uh, the first airing of it. But I think Ricky Ray is going to be joining a couple coaches on there. Which Ray might as well be a coach. I he think. might as well. <laughs> uh, so it's a really. cool cool... cool watch if you haven't checked it and i know on tuesday tsn's got the big ones going on they have they actually have a half an hour fantasy preview to watch there they have uh the the season preview that's an hour long there's a lot going on and a lot to get excited about for the next uh next season which starts next week Uh, andrew eskimo empire podcast thanks for joining
2: me today where can we find you Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me, as always. It's so much fun to uh, chat football with you. Uh, you can find us at Esk Empire Pod on Twitter. You can find us, uh, of course, on all of the uh, ways that you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, all those things. And uh, you can find me at Freepalicious. You can uh, follow me there and, and chirp me about me being middle of the pack in fantasy.
0: <laughs> and I guess the Esk's home opener comes uh, on June 30th against Montreal. Uh, Are you going to be set up for the tailgate again?
2: Absolutely. The tailgate will run all season. Uh, We open usually two to two and a half hours before game time. Uh, Everyone is welcome to uh, come on over. We've got uh, hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, you were able to join us here last week and uh, it it was a lot of fun. It's just a fun atmosphere and we're hoping that we can grow that and get more people by and just chat some football before the big game.
0: Yeah, my wife was giving me crap. She's like, "How much of your burgers? How much of their burgers did you eat?"
2: Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. This is what we said. We have the donation jar. It's all good. Um, so you know, and and the thing is, is this is why this is why we wanted to start the tailgate is so that we could meet up with other podcasters. We can meet up with fans. We can meet up with, you know, people from who cheer for other teams. It's about bringing the CFL into a community. And I think the tailgate is a huge part of that. And we obviously, you know, look up to our, our friends in Calgary who uh, the horsemen have an amazing tailgate yeah. and uh, we're, we're hoping that, you know, we can just kind of bring that community feel here. And, and this year it's expanded here in Edmonton. And so, you know, the, the Eskimos and the city of Edmonton have had a chance to kind of to build on that. And I think it's just amazing. And, and I think everybody that's there is having a good time and it's, it's a load of fun.
0: The west side of Commonwealth Stadium. Make sure you hit up the Empire uh, tailgate. Spot number, was it at 12 and 13?
2: Mike Riley's parking spot. That's right. We got Moss and Riley. That's right. Nice. It's perfect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're yeah, right in the northwest corner there, right bet- right beside kind of gate 5 and 6. And uh, we're right on the edge of the grass, so you can, uh, you can see us there. And, and yeah, we, we had a ton of fun. I, I hope we get more people out, and I hope you guys come back too because uh, I love chatting with, uh, with you and your wife too.
0: Awesome. Thanks, buddy.
2: We'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Absolutely, yes. We will talk in, uh, I I believe, just over a week, right?
0: Yeah. When Fraser doesn't come back next week. Absolutely. Uh (laughs)
2: Let me know. (laughs) Put me in, coach. Put me in. I'll I'll run down the field pumping my wrist. Yay.
0: (laughs) It might be Fraser and I next week giving you our season predictions and the regular season will be here. It's Travis Curris, the 2 and Out CFL podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff at 2 and Out CFL. Talk to you next week.